0: Hello and thanks for listening to Acting Related, the mysite.actor podcast. I'm your host, Frank Prendergast, and today I'm chatting with actor and good friend, Claire J. Loy. Really excited to share this episode with you because Claire shares the process that she went through to sign with her ideal agent in Ireland. There's a lot of really vague advice out there. Claire goes into really great specific detail. If I were looking for an agent, this is exactly what I would do. I would just follow Claire's process to the T. Her process was adapted from Bonnie Gillespie's teachings. So we chat a bit about how great Bonnie is and how much we both love her teachings. And we also talked about the importance of knowing exactly what you want as an actor so that you can build your tribe, shape your community, however you want to put it, um, to support your goals. And we also talked a bit about self-taping and about self-tape equipment, what the crucial equipment is and when to buy it. Okay, let's chat. Claire, thanks a million for joining me for a chat. Uh, him, really good to have you on the podcasting as we are always chatting about this stuff uh, anyway.
1: Yeah, it's good to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: And uh, <laughs> yeah, one of the reasons I had you on was you've been do- you've been writing these really brilliant posts on social media lately. And uh, one of them, which I thought would be the really good one to start with, was uh, you wrote a whole post on like how you got an agent. Uh, mm-hmm. and and also you were saying as well I think you said at the end of the post that a lot of the a lot of the kind of strategy that you used um was based on Bonnie Gillespie's book self-management for actors um yeah. so we can we can have a bit of a love in about Bonnie Gillespie as well because oh, yeah. I think she's absolutely fantastic
1: <laughs> The bold Bonnie yeah she is she's is fantastic yeah <laughs>
0: Um, but yeah, so would you mind, would you be up for just sharing like step by step, just walk us through what you did once you decided, right, I am I am going to find myself an agent in Ireland?
1: Yeah. OK, so um, having found a lot of my own work myself through the years, I knew that I had come to a point in my career that if I wanted to progress in the direction that I wanted to go in I needed the support of an agent based in Ireland so I went about getting one and so what I did is I went online and I researched every single one of the agents from big to small and everyone in between Um, and I made a spreadsheet of each of them so on one column I had the name of the agency and then I had different criteria going across and my criteria might could be anything from um like uh did they represent actors already like me did they re- did the actors who they um repped have tv and film credits or were they mostly uh theater based because I was focusing and I am still focusing mostly on screen work um right. did the agency have um were they officially linked to imdb so then i could find out who was repped by them um did they have um, multiple agents working in the agency or was it a boutique agency with one agent uh did they have an online presence um and what was their website and how did they communicate with the actor? with anyone who might be landing on their website right um and how did I make me feel so I it was like really a really personal approach
0: yeah um nice and how did you how did you actually come up with the list of agents day one and now because I know you are like you're one of the most you're one of the most informed people I know, um, so I'm sure you probably, like you probably just knew a lot of the agents anyway. But did you have like a discovery yeah. process for who else might be around that maybe you weren't aware of or anything like that?
1: So I literally googled Irish talent agents. Some, a lot of modeling agents came up, and a lot of, uh, like say, extras agencies came up, or agents who were looking after writers. But often those agents that look after writers um, had like a literary wing to their massive agency, often had a performer wing. So they were added to my list. So Google was my friend. My friends were my friends. I asked them who they were repped sure. by. Or it, what I would do is I would type into IMDB the name of an Irish actor whose work I admire and see who reps them. And then gotcha. that was how I came across the different agents
0: um, yeah, and different okay. agencies. Because this is really interesting, actually, because this is very much like, yes, I can see how it, it, it. I can see how it would be like inspired by Bonnie Gillespie's work. But from what I've from what I've investigated of Bonnie Gillespie's work, you very much kind of made it your own process, which I think is really important, actually, and makes a oh, huge yeah. amount of sense. But um, because like I did some of the I did some of the Bonnie Gillespie work and I uh, the work that I did was like when I was watching programs. So I'd be watching like Irish programs and I'd be watching or not even Irish programs, but just programs on TV, but things that I, you know, within this ra- ra- range of possibilities of things that I might be put up for. And then I would look at like who was in the roles at the level, like just above where I'm at. And I would make yeah. a spreadsheet of all those actors and check them on IMDb and check who they were repped by. And then that gave me a spreadsheet of, um, Uh, because i had no idea when i started out i hadn't a clue what agents were out there apart from one or two of the big names um Mm -hmm. and so that gave me a list of of like the the agents in ireland who were repping the actors who were like above above my level where i kind of wanted to be unlike you i never then did anything with that data (laughs) 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 i ended up deciding that i did not want an agent for the time being um but that's uh, so sorry I've, so you I'm, did I'm,
1: you did you did do something with that Dana. I did. you made a, yeah. a choice about what you wanted to do next
0: yeah exactly yeah, so you
1: did so should we, we might... explain who bonnie gillespie is or how, have you, you know, spoken that's about a good bonnie point bonnie yeah before? we probably should yeah do you want
0: to <laughs> do do you want to do yeah
1: that? so bonnie bonnie gillespie is an la based casting director and i suppose what is she like an actor mindset coach and yeah. actor business coach um, and she's written a book called self-management for actors and it is what it says on the tin it teaches you the business side of acting so there's no craft or anything like that she just starts off presuming that you know what you're doing in terms of craft she teaches you how to approach agents. And if you're in, in a larger market like the States, approach a manager, how to identify which ones are the best fit for you, how to identify which casting directors you should be contacting and how. Because you shouldn't be contacting all of them. You should only be contacting the ones you want to work with. Sure. Just something I think maybe actors forget about, that they have a choice, that they shouldn't just be you know grabbing at whatever is out there. They can decide with specificity yeah. what it is they want to do. She's you know, when I first started reading her book and it is absolutely worth the investment of 20 euro or whatever it is. I was like, oh, God, this is a lot of wooey kind of stuff and I'm not into it. And then I started watching her YouTube channels and I was like, oh, this, this totally makes sense. It absolutely makes sense. And you do have to adapt it to your own set of circumstances so she's in la where it's really busy she has a lot of la clients a lot of new york clients so they can operate using her system a little bit more closely than what like i'd say an irish actor in the irish and the uk market can but it is absolutely adaptable to wherever you are yeah and a lot of her stuff is free
0: yeah exactly yeah i mean she has incredible stuff on her blog and on her newsletter and um but the book is the book is fantastic i mean cuz mm-hmm. i came across her when i i actually so i had an agent and then we reached a point where we just seemed to be at this plateau that we couldn't we couldn't um go any further with and we we ended up having a chat really good friendly chat um and we we both just decided actually it now is a good time to part ways and at the time i thought yeah I'll, i will find another agent and then i ended up deciding not to but at that point i was like okay i know there's stuff that i could be doing to uh, further my career as an actor but I have no idea what those things are and I was hunting around and hunting around to try I was like I know they're out there I just i just got to find the right yeah. person to like who knows this stuff and I first found a program that I paid quite a lot of money for and I ended up asking for my money back uh there was a money back guarantee and I ended up availing of it and they were not happy and <laughs> um, but I had, I had done like I think they had like a 30-day money back guarantee so I had done I did about 2 weeks of the program and it was the most mind-numbingly boring terrible awful thing. Um and I guess I hadn't done my probably hadn't done my like due diligence before buying the program. I just mm-hmm. took their marketing copy at face value. So so like 2 weeks in I was doing the research and checking all the reviews and in the reviews I found someone saying do not do this program whatever you do just buy the book self management for actors um by Bonnie Gillespie and that's how I came across her and I read the book and it was exactly what I was looking for and there was so many just light bulb moments of like oh my god this is like mm-hmm. it's such common sense and yet I just yeah and it's so easy think of it <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah well um, yes I, I recommend her and her book to anyone who's starting either starting out yeah. or even well-established people
0: yeah, because, I'd um, say anyone who knows me for, is sick um, of hearing me yeah. talk about Bonnie Gillespie and Tom Kibby. <laughs> it's like yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Bonnie Gillespie for the business side, Tom Kibby for the uh the actual um the craft craft. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. Um so, okay, so, so, let's go back to your process. So, you have you, yeah. you did the spreadsheet. You had all of these different yeah. columns that were based on what you were basically what the things you were interested about an agency. Yes.
1: I, I, what I did was made my uh, criteria based on what I was looking for, not what they were looking for. Yeah, because I didn't care at this point what they were looking for. I, sure. only because they weren't looking for me at this point. I was looking for <laughs> yeah. them. Um, so I had my criteria. And then I took some time to identify honestly what my career goals were for the next couple of years and what would be um, a realistic goal to achieve. So there's no point in me, there was no point in me going, I, okay, my career goal, I want to be the next Doctor Who. That's not going to happen in the next three years, right? It's sure. certainly not going to happen if I'm based here either, right? But I had specific things that I wanted to achieve. And when I say wanted to achieve, I meant I was passionate about those things, not just, well, someone else has done it. So I think I must do the same thing. And that took a while actually to identify those. But when I did, it made the next step a whole lot clearer and easier because then I went back to my spreadsheet and I said, who on their books has achieved the thing that I want to do next, which is similar, I think, to what you were talking about when you were talking about looking at the actors who were booking the roles that were kind of bigger than stuff that you were booking. Um, So that's what I did. And by doing that, I was able to get rid of some of the agents off of my list because their clients were booking where I was booking at that time. if i'm making sense right so they were going above in um role size or quality size of the the project it was um kind of at the same level and i didn't want to go into somewhere that i was at the same level i wanted to to go up right so that got rid of a few of them and then i had a look i spent ages going through the books of the agents that were left and who was on their book and what kind of work again that they were doing and surprisingly when i did that and because i was aware of what my own career goals were i was able to get rid of even more off my list of agents including the big agents right because i was like oh right i'm not interested so much in in joining that big agency and I would I went into the exercise presuming they were interested in me, right? So I never had the attitude of, well, who am I to be signed by that agent? Sure. I just went, no, they're not, they're not um for me. At that point, I was left with about four, I think, four agencies. And then I started asking um colleagues, people I'd worked with before, or friends who were wrecked by those agents, how they were getting on in that agency, how right. the agents liked to communicate and um what their, not so much what their own career goals were, but what sort of um, opportunities had opened up for them since they met with this agent or since they signed with them. I didn't ask who did you get in front of and um, how hard does your agent work for you, you know? So it was entirely from their personal experience. That's what I wanted to know. Right, Um, yeah. And then that, I was able to drop another few agents, one agent after that one, and I was left with three. Right. Three agents who I knew. Right. okay, these are kind of we're all singing from the same hymn sheet here on this one. I knew personally new actors on their books and they had all gotten a good review, basically, from their actors. As in they were they were they could communicate professionally and efficiently. And there were no bullshit about them. I'm not a kind of a person who who likes that. Some of the agents can be quite arrogant in how they communicate with people. And I'm not into that. Some people are, though. Some people like a big, bullshit kind of an agent. And for me, that wasn't appropriate just for what I wanted. So then I emailed all three of them, having established what it was that I wanted to tell them, which was what I had already done, where I wanted to go next in my career. Out of the three, um, two of them responded. And I set up meetings with two of them. And the third one who didn't respond, I sent a follow up email after two weeks to see if maybe they would respond to me. And they didn't. And I want to talk about that. No, maybe in a second, if you give me if you remind me to talk about it. Cool.
0: Yeah.
1: So then I met with an agent. I met her at midday. But I during actually this is kind of important. I emailed saying, hello, my name is this. These are some of my credits. I'd like to arrange a meeting with you. Uh, To discuss a future working relationship. I will be in Dublin on such and such a day. Would you like to meet for coffee? I didn't leave the date up to them. I left the time up for that, up to them. And she responded with, yes, I'm free from this time. Let's do it. So boom, straight away, went to Dublin, met Alex Cusack at midday in a coffee shop. And at about half past two, she said, Jesus, I better go back to the office. (laughs) because <laughs> we had gotten right. on so well and we talked for so long um and we were off our faces and coffee because we just kept down in them um <laughs> and I knew I knew within minutes of having the chat with her that this is the woman for me she made me laugh right. I could trust her she was down to earth she was an effective communicator and she was most importantly a bullshit free zone and I was like yes this is my right. lady so then I emailed the other agent with whom I had already arranged a meeting just to say It'll, thank you for your interest i've signed with a different agency or oh, hopefully we'll meet at some time in the future kind of a kind of a thing yep yeah, so that is how i met my agent brilliant but at that meeting um i had a notebook with me and i had about six or seven questions that i wanted her to answer and they weren't so much about who do you know and who can you get me in front of in fact it was none of that it was all kind of um of admin stuff, how she liked to communicate, where she felt I fitted in uh, at the moment in the industry, what she felt I could be going for next, that kind of thing. And we had a very honest conversation, which reassured me because then I knew that I could trust her. And sure. she brought up all of the points that I was going to ask her. She brought up. So I didn't even have to ask her anything in the end.
0: Amazing. Which, yeah,
1: yeah which just proves that I had done my research well. That she was able to answer the questions without me asking. Yeah. If you know what I mean.
0: Brilliant. Yes. That's how I did it. Yeah. That's Um, amazing. Going back. Oh, yeah. To the no.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just want to return to that no. So the third agent who didn't respond to me at all, I was like, oh, obviously I was disappointed. And then I kind of reframed that disappointment into thinking, right, that person said no to me. Or actually, they didn't have the professional courtesy to say anything to me. So from my, if I go back to my database of uh, the list of agencies, cross straight off, straight off. If you don't yeah. have the professional courtesy to respond to a professional email, I don't want to, I don't want to have you in my uh, circle of yeah. trust, as yeah. the man would say, from me the <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Yeah.
0: Yeah. And actually you had, you had another brilliant post a while back, um, where you coined, you basically coined the ha Well, I don't know. I don't know if you actually suggested a hashtag or if that came up in the conversation afterwards, but like you basically coined a hashtag own the no, which I thought was I yeah. Don't know, brilliant. Yeah. Because you kind yeah, of, but you, so that... you're going to get, you know, you're just, you're just going to get them. So, so not being able to deal right, with That's them the
1: majority. Is, yeah. Yeah, and I think it's really important. One, it's important for actors to look after their mental health. And I believe you can only have a healthy mental uh, life if it's balanced. But if you deny yourself the disappointment of receiving a no and be like, no, no, I must be positive, I must be positive about it, you're actually in, it's not a healthy place to be. Allow yourself to be disappointed and share the disappointment. Most of the time, most actors are getting a no. We are one of the few industries where that level of rejection is expected it isn't like we're going out you know for say a corporate job and we'd have say a year of loads of different interviews we could get six no's in one week or six nothings in not even a response to yeah. an audition that we spend time doing you know yeah. so I think sharing sharing when you get a no is it makes the sharing of getting a yes all the more special
0: sure yeah makes and sense. healthy
1: people need That's... to do but even every time i post like something about oh god another audition and another no i don't even think they downloaded the file or whatever it might be i will get loads of private messages from people with a similar experience who just aren't quite ready to to share it publicly yet because sure we have this link between getting a, a no in our industry and shame and those two shouldn't be linked yeah. at all because Absolutely, if you have yeah. 50 I mean... people if you have 50 people going in for a role, 49 of them are getting a no. That doesn't mean 49 of them don't have a talent. <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? exactly. Just didn't fit exactly.
0: the jigsaw. Yeah, <laughs> fit the jigsaw. Yeah, that's that's a really good yeah. way of looking at it. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. And so your process from beginning to end, how long do you think it, it took?
1: Right, let me think. I'd say about five months. I spent yeah. five months Uh, And also I was in no rush. I was okay about not being in a rush.
0: Yeah. I think that's really, I I think that's a really important point uh, uh, because I think, you know, we do, you know, if we decide, oh, I should have an agent or I want an agent, we do have a tendency to be like, "Uh, and I want this to happen tomorrow. (laughs) So I think it's a really good point that, you know, you did the work, you did it methodically and it takes time, but you end up, in the right place.
1: And most of that time is thinking, that, uh, thinking, well, what is it that I want? Yeah. Because a lot of the time, actors are tricked into thinking that what's important is what other people want. And what's important is what that agent wants from you. What's important is what that casting director wants. What's important is what that director wants. But actually, no, you need to take ownership over your own craft, Yeah, what you have to offer as an artist. And then if you look at the business side, you have to look after... Uh, what it is that you want to achieve from the industry and, and use those set of criteria to set about uh, making your your plan or your goal or whatever it might be, yeah. what you want, not what other people want from you.
0: Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, and I think, I mean, you said it, you said it yourself at the start there, you were saying even, um, you know, that you have done a great job of um, finding your own work um Mm -hmm. and i think i don't know if did you ever did you ever hear um mark duplass you know the duplass brothers uh directors uh mark duplass gave a speech can't remember where he was giving it now and uh i just thought it was absolutely brilliant he said uh he was talking about filmmakers but i mean i think it, it just it applies to anybody uh he said the cavalry is not coming um and basically you've got to do it for yourself there's nobody there's nobody coming to save you and i think like you're a really good example of that of like not you just you do not wait around for things to happen for you you kind of you you have a uh you i guess like you you put your own systems in place for finding the work yeah. you want to do
1: yeah no that's not there there are we i do and i'm quite active in that as opposed to being passive Uh, But there are days when I'm like, oh, my God, this isn't working. And it's okay to have those days when you feel like it's not working. Sure. But we know when you're saying, you know, know, no one's coming to help you. I actually don't think that's true. I think you could build that team around you. But again, I suppose you're searching those out, you know, and
0: it comes
1: down to establishing what it is that you want to do and finding other people who may not want to achieve the exact same things as you, but who are ambitious like you are. Who are yeah. near you? So you, they're open um, to helping you, and they're open to receiving help from you. And you need to build your own support network around you, which is yeah. another Bonnie Gillespie thing, actually, isn't it? What does she call it? Building a web or some kind of a. Thing?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. It's funny because I thought I thought you were quoting her when you said the circle of of trust there, because she <laughs> has. That she was has your some... man.
1: Does she? Is... Have... Yeah. Because
0: she does. She that has something. The
1: focus. <laughs> Um,
0: (laughs) (laughs) but yeah and it's kind of so yeah because we we were chatting earlier um before we before we before the podcast we were chatting about like um bonnie's bonnie's other kind of saying about like we have to build the hollywood we want which yeah. again, like you and I, are not in Hollywood, but it's the exact same thing. We have to build the industry we want, which is related, I think, to what you're saying about just building your hmm. building your network, your building your whatever you want to call it, your tribe, your your web of trust, yeah. whatever I whatever have of trust. name you give to it. <laughs> yeah. um, and again, I think so. I'm just that reminds me of another brilliant post that you did so basically actually people should just follow you on social media um, <laughs> but you had another great post which I think is really related to to this point which was about um I think it had come about because uh, people I don't remember how the conversation started but it became clear on one of the groups that we're in that like actors were afraid to ask any questions about auditions oh, that were being posted
1: on a casting call yes yeah, yeah. And, and I so think, again, it just goes back to, like, her. building
0: the industry that we want. Like, if we want mm-hmm. to have an environment, you know, if we want to have an environment where we know what we're getting into and if you, you know, if you mm-hmm. want to be able to define what it is you want as an actor and then go after it, well, then you have to know about the projects and you're going to have to be willing to ask the questions and not be, you know, yeah. not be terrified of putting people off by, by asking some pertinent questions about a project.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I think there's this this some I think there is this idea that actors are are by default difficult, and but we're we're not right, and so we try and go no I'm not difficult I'm not going to ask a question I'm very hireable. And that's because of the imbalance of power, the way the industry works. Right. But at the same time, if you want to have a good career and you want to identify the goals that you want to achieve, you have got to empower yourself. And the very first step in that is not being afraid to ask a question. So a lot of the time you see on social um, media. network it's not what I, what social media stuff you know you see yeah. filmmakers they might be starting out early career might be kind of mid-career and they might have just got funding for their first kind of short or even a feature or whatever and they're putting together a casting call um sometimes those casting calls are unprofessional uh they look unprofessional they read unprofessional sometimes they are too vague and they you don't know if you should be applying for it or not. And yeah. sometimes they're dodgy, right? But if they all read the same, what can the actor do to, to find out what kind of a sure. project it, yeah. it is and whether or not you want to work at it? So I I have some guidelines that I use myself. So one, um, if someone is posting up on social media um, a casting breakdown, I would want to see their real name, the name of the producer and the name of the director, if possible, up there. Or even the name of the writer included in that, and links to their IMDb page or to their previous work somewhere. Um, a real name that I can email, so not yeah. um, something like such and such a film at Gmail. No, no, give me a name. I want the name, a name of a human being. Yeah, That's safeguarding yourself, right, yeah. as well, because you are sending them photographs of yourself, your email address, frequently your phone number, and a link to your own work. Right. So yeah. Those are really basic things. I also want to see a breakdown of the different characters. I want the character names and what action they do. I don't want to know if she's hot. I don't want to know if he's violent, like if you just yeah. use those two stereotypes, yeah. right? Because that's kind of what you see an awful, an awful lot. I want to know what you're looking for if you need somebody to self-tape. Are you sending sides or are you looking for us to self-tape just any random thing for you and what deadline I want to know your shoot dates and I want to know if it's paid those simple basic things that if you're re- using a casting director those are the things that they send you so if a, a yeah. director is, isn't quite at the stage of their career where they're not using casting director I think they should follow I think they should do what I tell them to do <laughs> <in> <laughs> their casting <break> <laughs> yeah but, at
0: the but very... if
1: none of those things are there yeah the actors should be um confident enough to ask because yeah 99 of the time the person knows the answer to the questions they just didn't think to put it into the casting call
0: yeah exactly like it's absolutely directly to no. actors yeah yeah exactly it's absolutely fine if someone is at the point where they don't know what an actor needs to know in order to respond yeah. but they should be yeah. willing to actually impart that information once they're asked exactly yeah Yeah, Yeah, absolutely.
1: And I've never come across the stage. uh, I've never come across an example where an actor has asked a question and the person is like, oh, that's on a need to know basis or anything like that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and if they they were like that, then it should immediately ring alarm bells. So, so. Yeah, and you should
1: have a no list.
0: Exactly. Every, every
1: actor should have a a no, a no list and a no line. Yeah. They should have a list of things on it that they won't do, people they won't work with, types of things that they don't want to work on. Yeah. All about empowering, empowering the actor.
0: <laughs> so the, la- the last thing I wanted to chat to you about is um kind of slightly um slightly off topic to what we've been talking about so far, but it's just that um was a couple of things. I mean, basically first of all, your self tape game is on fire. Um and I know from chatting to you before that it's because you've put an awful lot of work into it, not just into not just mm-hmm. in terms of like the self tapes that you do. But in terms of learning how to self-tape, you've done a phenomenal amount of work on it, um, and you even you you even give workshops um, uh, in self-taping yeah. in uh, in Cork now as well. Um, so I just wanted to chat a bit about just maybe just briefly chat about self-taping, and because I think it is something, again, it's another topic that comes up again and again in terms of people wondering, you know, what equipment they should buy what level of spend yeah. they need to be, um, thinking about and, you know, what, you know, basically kind of like what equipment do they absolutely need? And I'm curious about what your thoughts are now, because I know you have, you have invested quite a bit in your setup and I'm curious about your yeah. thoughts about how much that impacts on, um, I suppose like, you know, how much it impacts on, I I don't want to be too like crass about it, but like uh, how it impacts on your success rate as an actor, because I think there's a lot of conflicting opinions around whether we should have the kind of top-notch gear or not.
1: Yeah. Okay. So like the basics of self-taping are you need to have light on your face you need to shoot yourself in a mid frame, so that's mid chest up to your um, head, and have a background that is free from clutter. And often the casting director will say white or grey. But I'm going to come back to that now in a second. Um, so they are the they are the basics of uh, self taping. So you can do it on your phone, absolutely. Most of the time, the sound that's coming off like your uh, phone will record is good enough but i am um, i think the difference between an okay tape and a great tape if the performance is equal is going to be this quality of the sound so if an actor right. is going to invest in anything i think a simple lav mic that goes from their phone onto their um costume or whatever they're wearing um yeah. is a good investment and you can get them as cheap as 30 quid they don't have to be very expensive but what it does is it gives you a whole lot of vocal freedom to not quite project to the phone and only project to the reader or even just to the mic which gives your performance a kind of an intimacy right um but before you even buy a microphone i would buy um a tripod that has a phone adapter on it right. because you may not depending on where you live you may not have access to like natural light and a clear backdrop um but if you do and then you don't have a tripod. Or anything to put your um, phone on what are you going to do and loads of times the actor is building towers of books and clothes and chairs and all sorts and they're balancing the phone on it and then that kind of restricts you on how you can frame yourself yeah I would guess
0: and it's it's it's, it's really hard like if you're balancing a phone and stuff Mm. it's really hard to get the angle right because your phone is always going to be tilted slightly back Um, yeah
1: absolutely which which then frames you in a hero shot which may not be suitable for yeah. the tape that you're doing so i would go in like in a lot of the discount stores do cheap pods or uh, what you call them tripods i'd get one of them and a phone tripod which is a tiny little thing that's like it sits on your desk right. and the clamp that goes onto your phone should be able to unscrew from the phone tripod and then you attach that to your camera tripod right. and then you have a f- fantastic tripod usable for your cam for your phone and you've spent 40 euro max cool and it will change your life I promise you um so I have invested quite a lot with my camera so what happened was I was taping on my phone I was actually it was actually with George Hanover who's another actress hey George if you're listening and we were trying to tape something she was up for like a big enough job and I was helping her and I was using my phone and we just couldn't get an angle on it. That was right because my phone right. wasn't good enough. Um, now, just note the size of the job that she was going up for. She was It wasn't a day roll, right? It was a really big, juicy one. And she said, no, oh, no, I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm happy with it. And she sent off her tapes and they looked amazing. And I was just really frustrated at, anyway. And she was like, well, Claire, you've did two commercials this year. And I had booked two commercials. And she said, why don't you just buy yourself a phone, buy yourself a camera? I was like, I had no excuse. I was afraid to invest the money back into me as a business. Sure. So I bought the camera. And the difference it has made to my taping is phenomenal. I've got to say, now, bearing in mind that I wasn't using a great phone anyway, right? right. And I had the option of buying a good phone or buying a camera. So I bought the camera because maybe I might want to make my own film eventually. Sure. Because directing is something that I would like to get into anyway. Cool. Um. So, yeah, I bought, bought the uh. A proper camera and i found for me personally it gives me a whole lot more freedom in terms of how i can frame myself what blocking i can include in um a tape because i'm not worried about coming in and out of frame i'm not worried about coming in and out of focus um it makes editing just for me it makes it a little bit easier and i and that coupled with having a rep from a new agent means that i am getting asked to tape for ever increasing sizes roles yeah so Brilliant. like i went from before having the camera and before having an agent right so there's the combination of the two i was maybe getting seen for one or two line and a day player every now and then by louise Kylie and up for commercials then since i um, signed with Alex I'm getting callbacks and leads and features I'm getting it to the callback stages of recurring characters in international tv sh- shows now that is Excellent. me going oh aren't I amazing but that's just the difference yeah having the support system of of an agent and yeah. having the confidence to invest back in the, into myself and the business end of things from an equipment point of view yeah has made I feel to me and I don't think it's a coincidence
0: yeah sure yeah. Also, though, I think it is worth, like I think it's worth mentioning as well that, yes, you invested in the equipment, but you also put in a massive time investment because I know you did you. I know we did a self-tape challenge um, and then I, yeah. you did at least one more self-tape challenge after that. Oh, I yeah,
1: now. I do. Loads.
0: So, I mean, you have really like you have really worked yeah. at perfecting the art of the self-tape. And yeah but and and in all
1: that i've learned oh thanks but you know, in all that i i've done so many uh and they can be from so usually it's casting directors who are running it and i've learned that every casting director have, has a different taste of the type of self-tape that they like in terms of framing and how much extra business they want in it and how much some just want it very clean exactly what's on the page right so you have to learn what it is that each one uh, responds to um But also, I've learned, and I'm at the stage now, quite frankly, it's you'll take what you're given because what I'm going to give you is going to be good in terms of my tape thing. I'm not going to. Like, I remember getting, like, ridiculous direction in in tapes, like acting out a car crash. No, you won't. I I know. I'm a tape. (laughs) Like, you know, you need to, like, we need to draw the line somewhere. Like, do you know what I mean? mean? Like, huge technical elements of, like, change angle at that and do this. So, no. But I would say having the, my my camera and maybe people can do it on their phone as well. It just I like to set the scene in my tape. So a simple thing is say like you're you're taping a scene and it's set in a car. I set up the car. I set up my chair. So it's very slightly at an angle as opposed to just delivering it straight. Do you know what I mean? So I'm like I'm still more or less center frame, but I my, my body might be at a little bit of an angle sure and looking across the lens of the reader or whatever it might be so I like to do that and like it means that I have the freedom then to like I had a tape to do for a midwife right and the midwife was helping a woman give birth and she was on the floor of a moving train like I don't think you could do that scene sitting down and I don't think you can do it standing up you need to be on the floor to do it but having the camera and the tripod gave me the freedom the technical freedom to be able to do it without worrying that the camera was going to fall off or
0: sure My phone like, yeah fall
1: off the shelf or whatever yeah you know <laughs> if
0: that's yeah big and of, it's, um... I mean it's interesting as well because like so I have not invested I haven't invested the time or in the equipment that you have um and as a result like every every self-tape that I'm doing myself here like, it's it never looks the way I want it to, even though I, you know, even though I have a basic understanding of, like, lighting setups and I have a basic understanding of... No, it's just never... I still have not got the hang of it. But sorry, what was my point going to be? Oh, yeah. So previously, I would always have said, look, you know... I, I don't think you need to invest huge amounts of money. I think that you should never invest money that you don't have. So I think you made a really good point there when no, you said you had yeah. booked some commercials which allowed you to invest yeah. back into the business. And I think that's really, really smart. And I think yeah. that if you can do that, then yes, you can give yourself and you can give yourself, you know, basically give yourself every advantage that that you can afford to give yourself. And previously, I Absolutely. would have said at the end of the day, it doesn't matter that it will at the end of the day, it will come down to performance. But if you have two, you know, mm-hmm. if, if someone is looking at two kind of equal performances, but one is presented a lot better, of course, it's going to it's going to have like the person is going to, the, the viewer is going to have a more positive emotional reaction with the higher production values.
1: Yeah, because it's going to l- it's going to help them land you in the scene that they're casting for quicker than it would yeah. if, if the quality of the tape wasn't great Which and brings... also if you're suddenly up for roles against um so I did a tape and you helped me for a Canadian production that I know is casting in Canada and in the U.S. and there yeah. is no doubt about it that the actresses up for that for those roles will probably go to a professional studio to have their because right. this was a big role to have their tapes done so, like me doing a poorly, a poor sound quality um, tape using an old phone isn't just isn't going to cut it anymore. That yeah would be my opinion on that.
0: Yeah, and no, to think reiterate, that's a, that's I have really... the
1: money to invest.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's. A, I mean, that's another really important point because I I don't know where I heard it actually, but. Um, I heard some casting directors, Irish casting directors talking about the fact that um, we now are in a situation where, you know, uh, streaming, I think streaming has a lot has had a lot to do with it. So we have people like Amazon and Netflix and Apple who are uh, shooting here, but they're used Mm -hmm. to seeing the Hollywood level self-tapes tape. where someone is getting yeah. it professionally done as as you just said and so they are coming at it from a very different perspective than maybe the traditional local filmmakers who would be much more forgiving
1: yeah exactly yeah and it just because you asked me earlier about you know we were talking about an uncluttered backdrop because we were talking about this before we started recording the podcast so i used to use a gray pop-up backdrop that i bought on amazon and I did me for god six seven years whatever it might have been but then I sent off a tape to a casting director with a gray backdrop and he gave me a call back but he didn't want to do the scene on the call back he wanted to have a zoom chat like we're having now so he gave me literally 15 minutes um notice and I was like oh my god my god so he's like oh my god brush my hair put on a top turn on zoom and it was in front of the wall that you see me on now and the wall is painted this kind of navy green color right and the first thing he said to me was, you should use that backdrop for your taping any b- anymore because it complements your skin and hair color far better than the gray. So when casting Brilliant. directors are saying a plain white or plain gray backdrop, that's kind of what they have in the in their casting office more or less. Those seems to be those seem to be the color. However, if those colors don't suit you, if you look washed out, yeah. use a backdrop that suits you.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's, oh, that's, the, yeah, that's I another would, brilliant I tip because I, I have that same gray um, pop-up backdrop that you, you had do. and I look washed out yeah. in every self-tape. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, amazing. Wow, listen, th- this has been an incredible chat um, and covered so many, yeah, we covered a lot of cool topics there. Um, and thank you, yeah, thanks a million awesome. for for like basically being generous enough to share all the, the things that oh, you've no, learned on these, no on these topics. Um, where can people find out more about you or connect to you on social media or where do you like to...
1: I just Well, I, I use Instagram. I think I'm called Claire Frilly on Instagram and Facebook. I shut down my um my my, my Twitter because I was just getting to be a very angry place. Yeah. I might go back again if I get a burst of anger and I need to take it out on someone. No, I probably won't. Uh, so Instagram can find me Claire Frilly. And if cool. you add me on on Facebook I like to add actors on Facebook because I want to build a community that is open and honest where an actor can go Jesus can someone help me do this and another actor be going yeah I'll help you I'll show you if I can't help you I'll show you where you can get the help um because I remember sorry now just to rewind I remember when I decided to be an actor and I went into um an arts facility an arts facility we'll call it in Cork City And I said to the woman behind the reception desk, I said, excuse me, is there a place where I can find out about auditions or how to become an actor? And she laughed in my face.
0: Oh, my God. And I
1: went, oh, my God. So I was about 21 when that happened. And it took me until I was 30 to get the courage back up to go back in and decide to become an actor because I just thought, well, I don't belong in this world. And I never want anyone to experience that ever so if you have a question yeah, ask me i'll happily answer <laughs>
0: <laughs> brilliant brilliant well thank you so no much worries. brilliant um thanks a million for coming on and for sharing all of that and uh and i'll yeah chat to you soon
1: yeah good luck So will see you soon
0: be sure and check out claire's my website at www.clairejloy.com connect with her on facebook and follow her on instagram at claire frilly Thank you so much for listening. As always, connect with me on Twitter at Frankie P and I will catch you next time. Cheers.